you. So many of you probably know that um, we recently got back from a little trip to Italy. So we, me and Deb had a, a few weeks away in Italy and um, we had a, a wonderful time. It was a bit of a road trip. So we picked up a car in Milan and we drove across the north of Italy. We went to the lakes and the mountains, the Dolomites, and then down, I can't remember now, <laughs> down through Venice and uh, the medieval city or country even of, of San Marino, which is wonderful, through the beautiful Tuscan countryside and into Rome and then ended up on the Amalfi Coast. So we had a, a few weeks away and it, it, it was really great. I just thought, yeah, can we just flick on a slide on? Um, I'd share with you a couple of photos because it's what I'm basing my talk around today. So when we were in Tuscany, we were lucky enough to uh, go and visit a vineyard and um, we expected it to be a tour actually with lots of other people. It was just me, Deb and the, the lady who owned the, owned the vineyard and she, she took us around and explained to us all the process for the vines and when they were planted and, and how everything worked. And you can see the vines there and you can see see the grapes uh, that are growing because it was September, so everything was pretty much ready for harvest. And if just flick on one more, yeah, there's a bit more of a close-up of, of the grapes. Um, it was amazing, actually, when we were there because the soil, the condition of the soil was terrible. It was like the worst soil you could ever see. <laughs> and it was just like big lumps of clay. Um, but they explained that that was necessary and that's good grape growing conditions because the roots go down really deep to search for, search for the nutrients and that's what produces uh, the really good grapes that, that were there. So like I said, and as I was, well, just one more slide I think actually. Yeah, there you go. That's uh, So all those grapes end up in there. <laughs> and while we're in Italy, we drank most of that, I think, but not quite all of it. <laughs> But no, we, it's, uh, it was amazing to, to go around there. But it made me think, as I was looking at the, the vines and the branches, obviously, of uh, John chapter 15, and when Jesus does the talk to his disciples about him being the vine and us being the branches. Before we just read that bit of scripture, just um, picture the context where Jesus explained that. He just had his last meal with the disciples, um, Judas had already left to go and betray him and now they were leaving the city and heading towards the garden of Gethsemane. And Jesus had started to speak to his disciples and explain that he would be leaving them. And they were, as you can imagine, incredibly worried and confused about how they would carry on the ministry without Jesus. Um, and the vines, there would have been vines all around Jerusalem um, growing on the hills around, but also they were very representative, even before Jesus did this talk, of, of Israel. And therefore they would have been carved into the city walls, onto, onto the temples, and they would have been gilded in gold. So as Jesus is walking towards the Garden of Gethsemane with his disciples, there would have been all of these vines. And at some point, Jesus stops and says this to his disciples. We're reading from John chapter 15, verses 1 to 8. Sorry, I don't know what page number it is. Anybody? 1083. 1083. Okay. Just give me a second to find that. So Jesus says this. He says, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. 
He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself, he must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. So we've got this, as often when Jesus talks, always when he talks, you get this great imagery. He explains things in pictures so that people can easily understand them. And we get this picture of the vine, the branches, and the gardener. So we're the branches, Jesus is the vine, and God is the gardener. So let's just have a look at each of those in turn. So we are the branches. Um, So it's interesting to know, isn't it, that no two branches are the same. Every branch is different. Some branches are bigger than others. Some (laughs) some branches are small. Um, Some will bear much fruit. Some will bear little fruit. Some will be healthy, some, some less healthy. So everything's different. But the fruit that it talks about, the fruit, it's always grapes because it's always attached to the vine. But even with the grapes and the fruit, it, it can be can be different. In that vineyard that we went to, they explained to us that even though all the grapes were Sangiovese grapes, there were 27 different hybrids or subtle differences between the grapes. And it was that that creates the blend. I'm no wine connoisseur, but that's all the flavors that you get from all these slightly different types of grapes that are on there. So branches will bear different fruits, and it's like that in our lives. We're called to produce different fruit. Um, so what is this fruit that we're to produce? Well, if we think about it internally, what's going on inside us, what's going on inside our hearts. It's really about our attitudes, our thoughts, what goes on, in, in, like I say, in, inside our hearts. And I often put this in my sermons, I don't know why, but it seems to come up a lot, but... Uh, We explain that the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, so love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, (coughs) faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. But really, it's anything good that's inside of us that glorifies the name of Jesus. Externally, it can be our good works. We are called to do good works. We're called also to share our faith with other people and to produce fruit in that way. In Ephesians 2 we read, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So we are called to produce fruit through the good works that we do. It doesn't save us, doesn't change anything that way, but God has this plan for our lives where we produce fruit. And in this context, if we read further in chapter 15 of, of John's Gospel, um, we can think that good fruit comes from following the commandments of Jesus. And later on in this chapter, Jesus says this, As the Father has loved me, so, ha- so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this, so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. 
my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. So maybe the emphasis that Jesus was putting on this fruit that was to be born, given this is what he said straight after it, is on the fruit being for us to love one another, to love each other as Jesus loves us. Um, if we bear good fruit, actually, and we don't do it in an attitude of love, if we do it because we feel like we should, but we do things begrudgingly, then that's not the good fruit that the Lord is looking for. He wants us to have that attitude of love and that fruit to come out of that love for God and that love for one another. So that's us, the branches and the fruit. Of course, Jesus is the vine, and the vine provides the branches with absolutely everything that they need. It holds the branches off the floor, helps them to grow, helps them to flourish. It provides them with all the nourishment that comes from the soil. It all has to come through the vine. And in that way, Jesus connects us to God and all God's goodness can flow through us and and come to us and come to our lives. And we'll come on to talk about how the branches cannot do anything without the vine a little bit later. And then I love this picture, this wonderful picture that God is the gardener. So God is the one who is in control of everything. He's the one who put the vine in place. He's the one who looks after us. And he allows, like you say, that goodness of God to flow through us and into our lives. It's a wonderful picture, isn't it? And it really sort of, it's a blessed picture of how our lives are and where we are. But if we look at what it then says, in verse 2, straight away Jesus says, that God cuts off every branch in us that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. So the thought of being cut off from the vine because we're not bearing fruit, it sounds quite scary, doesn't it? It sounds quite demanding. Because I don't know about you, but I don't always feel like I'm bearing good fruit. I go through seasons where, you know, life's a struggle and actually producing anything useful or good can seem really hard. Um, And it's like that with new vines as well. It's noticeable here, you know, this imagery that Jesus is using. Vines take time to produce fruit. So for new Christians, you know, you wouldn't expect good fruit to follow straight away. It's only when we really connect ourselves to God that that fruit can come. Um, When I was reading about this, most commentaries that I read said that the Greek word here, which has been interpreted as cut off every branch, it can also mean in just the same way that God lifts up the branch. So if we picture that... If the vine was left just to grow branches itself, those branches would often just grow along the floor. And when they're growing on the floor, they can't produce fruit. But what the vineyard keeper would do is lift up those branches and pin them back high up, and then they can produce fruit. And we can picture that as God working in our lives. So if if we feel like we're a branch that's growing on the floor, if we're bogged down with sin, just with the weight, the troubles of life, and we're not producing fruit, then God will lift us up. He will lift up that branch. He will pin it back on, onto the vine, and then we can bear fruit again. We'll be cleaned, and we'll be ready to produce that fruit. So God will restore us from those seasons when we're not producing fruit. 
So what about pruning then? That's the next bit. (laughs) If we are producing fruit, hands up those who are wanting to be pruned. (laughs) Because it sounds quite painful, doesn't it? Um, But branches do need pruning. Otherwise, if you just left uh, the branches just to develop themselves, they would all grow across each other, they would block out the light from each other, and it would just be a jumble. It would just be an overgrown bush and a mess, and any fruit that comes out of that would be very small and a little bit haphazard as well. Um, And our lives can be like that, can't it? We want to do the right thing. Our hearts are in the right place, and in that way of producing fruit, we don't really know what it is that God's calling us to do. And we can work so hard that our branches are just developing all over the place and we're producing bits of fruit. Um, But God says, I gave you gifts, I gave you talents, I have a purpose for you in this season. And we need to try and discern what that purpose is. And sometimes that can mean pruning off some of the good things that we're doing in life, just to clear way for the things that are really in line with God's will for our lives. So we need to be open to that and that sort of pruning. We need to work as a team. The branches on these vines, you'll see that they're all lined up, all working together, not competing with each other, not getting in the way of each other, but all working together. And it's like that for our church. We need to work together. So we're not all trying to do the same thing. God's given us all different gifts and it has a different will for each of our lives, but he wants us to work in together for, for his glory as well. Or the pruning might be that we have sin in our lives, or we have things in our lives that aren't focused on God, and God will look to prune those things out if we let him as well. So we need to be open to that. What, what are the things in our lives that are holding us back from bearing the fruit that God wants us to? If there are parts of the branch that are diseased or weak, then God will prune those out for us. And in Hebrews 7, we read this. It says, Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. For what children are not disciplined by their father? If you are not disciplined, and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are not legitimate, not true sons and daughters at all. Moreover, We have all had human fathers who disciplined us and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the Father of Spirits and live? They disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good in order that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. So God disciplines us. You can think of that as the pruning. What is God trying to teach us? What sin is it that's holding us back from producing good fruit? We need to pray about these things, take them to the Lord, ask him to help us to resist temptation, to change us, to make us more fruitful. Then we can produce more fruit, more good fruit, more everlasting fruit for him. In verse 4, we read that we only produce fruit when we abide in Jesus. So if we try and produce fruit in our own strength without him, it's not going to be very good. It's just not going to work. Um, We're told to remain in the vine or we will wither. So if we choose, it's our choice not to abide in him, to try and cut ourselves off, to try and go our own way, then we're warned that we'll become like branches that are withered 
and are only good to be thrown into the fire. This is a warning for us there, isn't there? Conversely, in verses 7 and 8, we also read, and this is a real blessing and a real promise for us, that if we remain in Jesus, we remain in the vine, we can ask whatever we wish and it will be given to us. Now, that doesn't mean we can ask for anything random, you know, ask for, can I have a Lamborghini in my driveway in the morning? It, it doesn't mean that. Because it's, what well, it's very clearly says that if we are in the vine, it's like I say, if we are in the right place with God, if our heart is aligned to Him, if we're loving God, if we're loving one another, what we ask for will be in line with what He wants to give us and what we need. And if our hearts are in that place, then He will do that. And He will give us what we need, what we ask for, what we pray, because it's in line with His glory and it will all be for His glory. And we set our minds in that way. So the challenge for us this morning, I think, is to ask ourselves, what type of branch are we? Where are we at the moment in our lives? Do we feel attached to the vine at all? Um, and all its life-giving goodness and all the blessings that come from that. If we don't, then all we need to do is just to draw close to him. Just make the time, just draw close to God. And we know that when we do that, he draws close to us and we can reattach ourselves to that vine. Or do we feel attached, but we feel like we don't really bear any fruit, we're not bearing anything at all for him? Well, remember that bearing fruit can take time. There will be seasons. You know, in that vineyard in uh, Montepulciano, where we were, we were told that it rained the whole of June and part of July, and they were expecting a very poor crop. And sometimes the seasons of life come on us, and it's difficult for us to bear much fruit. But expect God in that season when you're struggling to lift you up, to clean you off, and to pin you back up where you need to be, to restore you, and the fruit will come. Or are we bearing fruit already? We're in a good place, but God is asking us and saying to us, I still need to prune you, I will still give you things in your life that will change you and that will improve you and improve that fruit. Just keep close to me. Look at when I am pruning you. Recognize it for what it is. Recognize that he's doing it through love as a father who disciplines his children and that he's changing us and we will continue to bear better fruit, the fruit that he wants for that season. It's not always about doing more. Sometimes it's just about getting our heart right with him loving him, loving one another. And wherever we are in our walk, let us just be thankful to God. So we have this wonderful picture, don't we? That God the gardener has created this, this place. He's brought Jesus the vine into our lives. He's sent him into this world. And we, the branches, can be attached to that. And every blessing can flow through that. So let's look forward to bearing good fruit from him and stay close to God through our lives. Let's just pray. Dear Father, we are so thankful that you are the gardener, that you provide for all of our needs. You provide us with the nourishment, the love, the grace, the mercy, everything that we need for our strength, Lord. We thank you for Jesus, that you, that you chose us, that you put Jesus into our lives, Lord, and that we are connected to him that we are the branches. Wherever we are in our walk with you, Lord, just just help us 
to draw closer. Help us to remain and abide in that vine. Help us to trust you with all of our struggles, all of our worries. Help us to trust you to guide us where you want us to go in life and the fruit that you want us to produce. So just show us what that is, Lord. So we just thank you for all this. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.